Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode, meet Dr. and New York Times columnist Lisa Sanders, Dr. David Fagenbaum, and Dr. Elizabeth Stanley. Each of these writers brings medical expertise and creative thinking to their profession in an effort to educate, illuminate, and bring hope and healing to people suffering with difficult symptoms and elusive diagnoses. Listen to them reflect on their recording experiences. Plus, find out which author thinks a certain famous TV doctor could be a natural at reading her audiobook. Enjoy. Hi, this is Dr. Lisa Sanders. My book is a collection of the columns I wrote for my diagnosis column in the New York Times Magazine. I put together this collection because I wanted to show how a single symptom can give rise to all kinds of different diagnoses. And I thought that's really the key problem in diagnosis. The body has this very limited way to manifest distress. And we call those things symptoms. And so a single symptom can lead in many different directions. And so this is a book that's a collection that's organized by what we call chief complaint or chief concern, which is really the symptom that sent them to the doctor in the first place. I recorded my last book and loved doing it. And actually, I kind of love getting to read out loud the things that I've written. I always read my pieces and everything I've written. I always read it out loud because it helps you hear whether it makes sense, whether it flows, whether the words are doing what you want them to do. And so I loved doing that. I think it's always harder than you think it's, well, for me, in any case, it was harder than I expected it to be only because every single word counts. And even though I wrote all these pieces and have read all these pieces, sometimes you forget where a sentence is going until you get to the middle of the sentence and you're like, oh, right, you have to back up. But I think it's fun. It's kind of a taking pleasure in something you do in a way that's not really polite. You know what I mean? You're not supposed to love what you've made. And yet reading it is a way of loving what you've made. So I love doing it. I don't know that it was words or phrases, but names. I mean, I've interviewed every single person in my book. And so at one time, I knew how to pronounce their names. But, you know, if I haven't talked to them in 10 years, I might not remember. And so I think that was the most surprising. I never thought that I would forget how to say somebody's name. And yet, I did it so many times, it was crazy. Well, of course, I would have to say that Hugh Laurie should be narrating these. You know, he was inspired by my column. He is the personification of difficult diagnoses. So if it wasn't going to be me, it was definitely going to be Hugh Laurie, or that's who I would ask. What I love is seeing all these stories that are grouped around a single symptom. You know, I can't breathe or, you know, out cold. These symptoms that are 
really the stuff of medicine. These are eight of the most common symptoms that patients come to see doctors with. And to show how they go in all these different directions, that's what excites me the most. That's what I'm most excited for people to to hear and see and experience. I read to my children as long as they would let me. My older child, Tarpley, stopped me when she was around seven. And she said, you know, Mommy, I can read this to myself so much faster then you can read it out loud. Why don't you let me just read it on my own? And my younger daughter (laughs) was very generous, and she let me read to her until she was like 12. And then she finally said, I think we're done, Mom. (laughs) And that was the end of it. But I loved reading to them. I loved having that time right before bed when we could calm down and, and pay attention to a story. That was great. The last book I listened to, I think I was in my Charles Dickens phase. I think it was David Copperfield, and it was fantastic. You know, I'm an English major. These are books that I hadn't read in ages, in decades, really. The first one I listened to was a book I had never read and really was one of the moments where I thought, oh, my God, I'm going to listen to audiobooks forever. And that was a fantastic recording of Dracula. So great. And I followed it up with another great, great reading of Frankenstein. Both of them really just cemented my love of audiobooks right then and there. Hi, this is David Fagenbaum. I wrote my book because I want to inspire others to reflect on what they hope for, what they pray for, what they wish for, and then to figure out what action they can take to get that hope, that dream, that wish closer to reality. As a medical student, I believed and hoped and wished that the medical community was driving for treatments and cures as quickly as possible. But when I became a patient and then began conducting research, I realized that there were ways that the community could move more quickly forward. There was work I could do. And if I wanted a cure, if I wished for a cure, I needed to do what I could to make that happen. And of course, this isn't just a medical issue. This is something that anyone, no matter what you're facing in life, can appreciate and learn from. That if we want something, if we hope for, if we wish for something, we should also reflect on what we can do to make that happen. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be empowering. And I think I would choose that word because I spent so much time working on this book, reflecting on my life experience, reflecting on all I'd gone through. And to actually be able to put my voice behind those words really was empowering for me. And it was a really, really positive experience. I realized that I had trouble pronouncing anything like their, air, hair, bear, dare, any of those words I struggled with. Myriad for sure, real, real. (laughs) Although my wife had told me plenty times that I'd mispronounced those words before, so it, it wasn't actually a surprise that I didn't know how to pronounce them. There are a lot of really emotional aspects of my story and of this book, and reading them out loud 
brought back many of those emotions that I felt as I wrote the book the first time. And I hope that the reader, or in this case, the listener, I hope they can appreciate and really feel a lot of the same feelings that I was going through just because I was able to put my voice behind the words. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would absolutely cast Sasha Baron Cohen to do this just because I think he is the funniest, most incredible person in the world. I love Sasha Baron Cohen. But he would have to do it in the Borat accent, the entire 300-page book in the Borat accent. <laughs> the last great audiobook, uh, Definitely Becoming by Michelle Obama, not only is her story incredible, her life incredible, but she is just so great at making her words come to life through the audiobook, and, and the lessons she shares are so meaningful to any listener. Hi, this is Elizabeth A. Stanley, author of Widen the Window, Training Your Brain and Body to Thrive During Stress and Recover from Trauma. I wrote my book because I have had many experiences with chronic stress and trauma, as well as a journey of recovery from the dysregulation after that stress and trauma. And I've learned many lessons from that process that I wanted to share with listeners. I found when I was going through my own recovery process that no one could really explain to me how or why different techniques worked or didn't. And that's why my original intention in creating mindfulness-based mind fitness training, MFIT, was to share that roadmap with listeners. You know, early on, I remember I was extremely merciless with myself about my irrational emotions and my coping behaviors and how much that self-criticism exacerbated my symptoms and slowed my recovery. So I'd like listeners to understand why their mind-body system acts as it does so that they can be kind to themselves during their own recovery. I've embedded all of this within a scientific context so your thinking brain can really understand how and why these tools work. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be demanding. Why? Well, I had been warned by many people that the process of seven hours of recording each day was exhausting, and indeed it was, but I think the piece I hadn't fully expected was how different it is to actually give voice through my vocal cords to what I have written. Much of this book includes stories in the first person of my own experience with stress and trauma, and it was emotionally draining to read some of those, to actually give them voice with my vocal cords. I realized I had trouble pronouncing cytokines. I had always thought that that word was pronounced cytokines, and in fact, I had had a doctor pronounce it that way to me once. But the macrophages in our immune system have cytokines that both are inflammatory and anti-inflammatory, and we need a balance of both of them. So now I know how to say it correctly. I'm excited that listeners will get to hear me sharing my own stories in the first person, in my voice, from my own vocal cords. I'm hoping that having a chance to hear my stories in my voice, 
they will appreciate how much I've written this book to be helpful. I have skin in the game here. There's nothing that I talk about in the book that I haven't experienced and no technique I teach that I haven't actually tried in my own mind-body system. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would cast Reese Witherspoon, I think. Not sure she'd be available because she's so busy, but I do believe that her voice would have captured a lot of what I'd want to share here. I really admire her acting abilities and the range of things that she has done on screen. I have not listened to audiobooks very much recently, but back in 2004, when I went through a period of losing my eyesight, which I discuss in the book, I did listen to audiobooks a great deal. I mostly listened to fiction, especially mystery novels, and I found them to be incredibly helpful both to distract my mind when I needed some distraction, conscious distraction, from the pain that I was experiencing in my eyes and in my head, but also because I was unable to read with my eyes at that point, and I really missed fiction. I often read fiction when I go to bed. It's one of my bedtime activities. And having audiobooks to substitute while my eyes weren't able to do the reading was really helpful. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening. For more behind-the-mic content and audiobook recommendations, visit www.penguinrandomhouseaudio.com slash next listen.